This podcast is not to be used as medical advice or medical education. If you are experiencing pain, discomfort, or any other medical or physical ailment, please consult a licensed medical doctor or physical therapist. This is the strategy of fitness. All right. Welcome back. Week four of the strategy of fitness. Dan, just me and you like the first app, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. I want to say that Father Rob, easily the best nickname ever for Rob. So Rob, henceforth on the strategy of fitness will be known as Father Rob and couldn't join us tonight. We've got the schedule ready to roll the next three weeks. Father Rob will be here in full effect. So we got the degenerate trifecta in full effect. Yeah, and just weeks. so everyone knows, it's not Father like he's with the church. It's just that he's he's Dan and I's daddy when it comes <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to keeping us in check and professional and making sure that you know we have our eyes dotted and T's crossed. But we're going off the rails today. He's not here, so exactly. It's going to be full full takeover. So hey. Real quick, everyone, thank you for the feedback from last week. You know, the, the Instagram slowly growing. Uh, we're trying to put out some good content for everyone. It was really cool. We saw someone from New Zealand post they're listening to the podcast. So that's the type of organic growth that we hope to have here. And uh, we're really excited. I'm, I know you got some good feedback and you have a couple alibis from last week's energy systems, Dan. Take it away. Yeah, I think people really dug that uh, episode. Uh, most of the feedback is really positive. Uh, thanks for it. Even Griff, one of our, our greatest listeners, Griff, gave us some positive feedback for maybe the first time ever. So you know you're doing something right when uh, Griff gives you some positive feedback. <laughs> but one of the things that we talked a lot about was how the aerobic energy system really goes to help the anaerobic energy system by clearing that lactic acid. So if you train the aerobic system using oxygen and using that long steady state cardio, like we talked about, we really hammered home how that improves your anaerobic exercise in, in your EMOMs, in your, in your every minute on the minute workouts, in your as many reps as possible workouts, and in your short burst workouts, your sprint workouts, your assault bike sprints, all that good stuff. We really hit that home. One thing we did not touch on that I really want to get to, I think is a very important point, is how the other side helps too. When you do sprint workouts, when you do the every minute on the minute training, you do the uh, as many reps as possible training. I think that also carries over to your long steady state cardios with your half marathons, your 10Ks, your marathons. And it's, it goes back to, to like your kick, right? So if you're trying to beat that end portion of the race, if you're trying to really sprint that last portion of race, or if you're trying to get up a hill, there's going to be times throughout any long distance race, whether you're an ultra marathon or whether you're a triathlete, whether you're a, a half marathon or a recreational five or 10K runner, there's going to be times you have to tap into the anaerobic system, whether it's you want to pass somebody, whether you want to sprint at the end of that finish, whether you want to get up that hill. So I just wanted to hammer home the point that these energy systems all exist within each other and they help out 
in different ways. So you want to have a training system where you're, you're training all things concurrently and it's going to carry over in, in all aspects. So we, we talked about how one can influence the other, but also the anaerobic system can do a great job at helping the aerobic system and helping aerobic exercise with your longer events. So I just wanted to make sure that that was uh, touched upon. Yeah, I think that's a really good point and a good clarification because I left last week, you know, feeling, you know, educated, but I was thinking, you know, I'm training everything for the most part, short duration, you know, almost sprinting, even if it's weightlifting. And I was wondering, hey, if I went out and ran for 45 minutes, what would it feel like? And is anything that I'm doing right now really going to set me up to succeed in a maybe six mile run or something like that. So it's good to hear. And in my logically, it makes sense that like, obviously if you're doing, you know, high intensity, 20, 25 minute workouts that you should be able to parlay that to, to still have the kick and the intensity in a longer uh, aerobic exercise. I'm glad you clarified that because I think last week we were very heavily on what aerobic training can do for the short, intense anaerobic system, but it also works. Like you said, they're they're working concurrently. So I think we both kind of put last week's session, last week's pod to, to practice. You did some quarters, correct? Yeah. So I went to the track and just, you want to find out about yourself as a human being. You go to the track by yourself and you do 400 meters and you break it up in a certain way and any way you break it up is going to be awful, but I think it just it's it's the ultimate test of a human being because I think it's the, the worst, especially for me that mid range that anaerobic mid range where the lactic acid gets gets built up, it just kills me. It always has. It's my worst. I'm even better at price sprinting than that than that anaerobic that like one to two minute just burner. So I went to the track, did every three minutes on the minute. So starting at zero and then doing a 400, and then you know did the first one in a minute 19. So then you have the rest that to rest. And then at three minutes I go again. And then I did that for eight whole rounds, which is kind of a lot. Tried to keep it as close to 120 as possible. I started slipping after about the third round. I started getting closer to like the 130s. But that was a that was a really, really good test of my anaerobic system. And we talk about that lactic acid buildup. I mean by the third, by the third round of that, when I hit about that 200 meter mark, I was, I was burning. It was, it was rough. So, so again, pretty, pretty big test of my metal. And, and again, a little outside of my comfort zone. That's like I said, that's my, that's my weak spot. That's a spot that I need to work on the most. And I know you worked on your spot that you need to, you need to hit the most. So tell us what you did uh, yeah. last week. Yep. First of all, that, that every minute on the minute for 400 meters or uh, every three minutes is, is a fantastic, easy, Easy to think about anyway. Workouts, it's the last thing from right, 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 right. But adjust it for whatever. If you're going and doing a, a two minute quarter, make it every four minutes. You know, you can adjust that and scale it to fit your needs. But regardless, it it it's a great mental and physical gut check. I just, you know, I got a rower yesterday and I just did a, a 10K row. I wanted to keep the the 500 meter pace under two minutes, which is you know, one off, a one off 500, I can usually hit between, you know, 130 and 142 pretty comfortably. So I, I obviously backed off the pace, trying to, to think about what I wanted my heart rate to be. I wanted to do that, you know, 180 minus my age. I wanted to keep it right at around 150. And, and that's what I did. It was enjoyable. Honestly, I, I pulled my rower into my house and the kids were watching Paw Patrol and I was rowing for 40 minutes. And sweated like crazy and, you know, got some, got some good, you know, 
long work, but for the most part, it was, it was pretty enjoyable after the first 10 minutes when I was like, God, I got to sit on this damn thing for, for 30 more. <laughs> are you, uh, are you, are you kids more like puppy dog pals or Paw Patrol? Cause Paw Patrol's are all right for Bailey, but like, dude, puppy dog pals does it for me. I love that show. Dude, the amount of hours that I spend <laughs> watching Paw Patrol in a day. It, it's staggering, just staggering, I bet. It's disturbing. Like, <laughs> I haven't watched a cumulative amount of sports in my entire life. I'm a sports fiend as I have, you know, seasons one through six of Paw Patrol. It's, I mean, Chase is always on the case around here, so. Oh, okay. God, it's brutal. But yeah, I mean, I think it's great that we both kind of practice what we preach this week. Absolutely. And, you know, I think we need to, to hold each other accountable and make sure make sure we stay on it. Also got some housekeeping to take care of. We, there was some discrepancy on whether we we're going gym bangers or gym hitters. We, we were going with gym hitters. So I changed to Spotify. It's the official, the strategy of fitness, official gym hitters. So if you want to follow us on Spotify, every week we do the, the best music to work out to there, the gym hitters. So if you look at Spotify, search the strategy of fitness official gym hitters please follow along there and every great song that we bring up and they are all great songs uh you'll be able to listen to yourself in a random order anytime you want to and we're taking the uh, guesswork out of listening to music at the gym because these songs are all hitters they're all bangers but they are the official gym hitters awesome yeah and the only thing i'm getting hate on from the gym hitters is is post malone and it's 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 happening more and more. It's really okay, frustrating. Man, well, well, me and you are here and, and we're post Malone defenders. <laughs> yeah, so we are. I'm going to defend right now. All these uh, classless slobs who don't like post Malone can just get an education on music and maybe listen to those first two albums. I don't know, man. I don't know what there is to hate. He's got a good sensibility about music. He knows how to write a hook. You know, that's the one thing that's gone in music these days is the ability to write a hook. Like you just hear these songs and they just have no direction. Yep. Every one of his songs has direction. He writes great hooks. He's got great beats. He's got great guest artists. So man, I, I don't know what I'm missing, but, but maybe I'm old and out of touch and everyone else is right. I don't know. I mean, he, it's a little bit slower, methodical. There's a little auto tune to it, but I mean, I'm a fan of it, of the whole thing. I, I think it was an acquired taste for me, but I mean, since I've warmed up to it probably a year or two ago, I, I can't get enough. So I'm with you. But, but also with the gym, the gym hitters too, is it, it would be easy if we just did like Tupac ambitions as a rider every week. Exactly. The, that would be the easy route. And we might do that. We're going to throw some of that stuff in, but like we're trying to turn you on to the deep cuts, some things you might not have heard as well. And anytime somebody turns me on to new music and I, I actually got to thank you. I think some of the ones you've given me, especially that Rizzo one last week was really good. And I thought Rob's have been really, I mean, Rob, you know, quality over quantity. He's got some two really good ones too. turn me on to run the jewels you got to listen to these songs more than once. Like when you listen to a new album or a new band, you got to listen to that album three or four times to get a sense of it. So, and that's, again, and I think you're I making, yeah, you're right. making a great point with, we're trying to kind of think outside the box here. Like you can go to any Spotify or Apple music playlist and type in power workout or rap yeah. workout. And it's going to be all the same songs. So ours is at least a little different. So hopefully you like it. Yeah, definitely. And I'm sorry to call all the listener slobs. No, nah, it's no problem. <laughs> the shoe fits. All right, so this week's topic I think is a pretty exciting one, and we're going to talk about rep ranges. So, you know, everyone that's – anyone that's been in the gym has talked to someone who's like, yeah, man, I'm doing the 531 or I'm doing a 5x5 five five, or I'm, I'm doing sets of 20, whatever it is. 
I think a lot of times it's spray and pray with your strategy. And what we want to do today is break it down, kind of talk the science behind each rep range, clearly define what the difference is between strength, power, hypertrophy, and endurance, and, and kind of talk about how, how to leverage and use the different rep ranges. So I'll kind of kick it over to you to kind of lay the foundation and we can kind of take this however you'd like. Yeah. So there's three different constructs. I think if you break down these rep ranges and rep schemes, we're looking at three main constructs, strength, power, and hypertrophy. Strength is what we're thinking about very, very simplistically is your one repetition max. How much weight can you pull? How much weight can you pull off the ground from a deadlift? Okay. One repetition max for one time. How much weight can you do for a bench? How much weight can you do for a front squat? How much weight can you do for a back squat? So on and so forth. So strength very simplistically can be tested in any way imaginable based on the lift. You just do your one repetition max. That's your strength. Okay. It's power, you know, it's it's output. I don't want to say power. It's it's output. Strength is, is your one repetition max. Power is different than strength. Then most of the time they are described synonymously, but here is where they differentiate. Strength is the force that you can that you can apply against load. Like I said, your one repetition max, but power has a time dependency or a time component. Power is proportional to the speed at which you can apply the max force. The easiest way I like to think about power is all Olympic lifts are going to fall under that power category because they have to be done with a certain pace and a certain speed or otherwise you can't complete the lift. For example, a snatch or a power clean, right? Those are lifts that can't be done at the same speed as a, a, a bench press or they can't be done at the same speed as a deadlift, right? So if you're measuring strength, you can simply do that by one repetition max. But that bench, let's say you're, I'm testing your one repetition max bench press, Nick, it might take you five seconds to complete the bench press. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're testing my one repetition max bench press. It takes me three seconds to complete the bench press. That strength is still going to be the same. You with me? Yeah. Power is different. Power is something where we're going to take usually a little less weight and say, how many reps can we do for, you know, how many, how many seconds will it take us to complete four reps of a power clean at 225 pounds? Okay. And that will be a better example of what a power measurement truly is, okay? Or you could still do a one repetition max with, a pow- with power if you're doing an Olympic lift. And again, that's kind of its own category, but I think that's an easy way for maybe some of our listeners to conceptualize the uh, definition of power. So power, there's a time dependency and a time component. Strength, there is no time dependency. There is no time component. Yeah, I, I found I found this definition online, and yeah. it, I think it simplifies exactly what you're saying. So I'll say it slowly. The main difference between power training versus strength training is that strength refers to the ability the ability to overcome resistance, while power refers to the ability to overcome resistance in the shortest period of time. Beautiful. Couldn't have said it better myself. I should, we should have led with that. <laughs> well, I mean, I think all, all the words yeah. you said add up to that, right? So Exactly. Uh, and, you know, in, in the course of today's pod, I think we're going to talk about strength and power, not synonymously, but, you know, the rep ranges are kind of very, yeah, they're very, you know, similar, similar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. And I, yeah, we're going to talk, we're going to talk a lot about that. And then the, lastly, we're, we're, our third construct is hypertrophy. 
hypertrophy, as we talked about last time, whatever, whatever you want to go with, I'm on board. But hypertrophy, very, very simply, the muscle getting bigger, right? That's that's what we're shooting for is the muscle getting bigger. And there's different types of hypertrophy, which we're going to talk about later. And that's going to have its own rep range. So example is, is like a probably the most common rep scheme you're going to find in a typical workout program. Let's do a back squat for 75% of our one repetition maximum for 12 reps, right? And that's going to be more of your hypertrophy category there. So those are our three constructs. We have strength, we have power, we have hypertrophy. And one and then, caveat, one caveat yes. is, is endurance because there is that, that fourth one that, you know, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. 15 and more at a lower weight that is, you know, appealing to some, and we can kind of talk about what that does aesthetically. It's not going to do what, what I think a lot of people think, but I'd like to kind of talk about that towards the end. Yeah, there was a whole thinking, and I think the thinking is so prevalent that if we do those types of more endurance rep schemes and rep ranges in the twenty neighborhood, that it's going to, def- you know, cause more definition within the muscle. I think you're probably familiar with that, or probably heard about that, right? Yeah, of course. And that's why I kind of want to touch on it because I think the the main thing that a lot of people are going to want to get out of this is really that, that hypertrophy. It, I think they think that endurance training does that. Yeah. I think we'll talk about that, but like the whole toning thing with light lightweight, yeah, I kind of want to kind of talk about how that that's kind of mythical almost. For sure. Yeah. And I think that, again, I don't want to vilify any of these different categories or these different constructs. I guess why I maybe left the endurance out of there. Let's talk about that as more of a fringe category because there's going to be some different rep schemes and rep ranges we're going to, we're going to get into later that, that'll kind of touch into that endurance component. So I like to keep it simple with our three main constructs. We'll keep endurance as maybe a fourth side construct. Does that sound fair? Perfect. Yeah. I just want to All touch right. on it. Yeah, very good. So those are those are what we're doing. So I guess we're going to structure this. I want to think about the average person because I've been there myself, you know, and even even recently, and I, I, I've done a lot better with somebody writing my program for me. It's like, you're going into the gym. I'm a dude. I'm going to the gym. Where do I start? <laughs> you know, you know, there, there's so many, so many ways and so many, so many ways you can work out. And, and I think most people just kind of go in with that just general hypertrophy, three sets of 10, four sets of 12, five sets of six or, you know, five sets of eight and, and kind of working off that. But, but they, they maybe exclude some of the strength and power components or, or maybe some of the endurance components that I think could also be really beneficial in the workout programs. Yeah, I think you're right. You know what? I almost every gym setting that I've been in, either professionally back in the Navy, or even just like if you're talking to someone that's getting a baseline, they almost all start with some type of baseline, right? Kind of where are you today? So I almost think the first measure, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't go to public gyms anymore, but you know, it's kind of like where are you? And I think they're measuring your strength, and then they build yeah. a program around that ultimately to to get you more top line strength but relying heavily on hypertrophy training are you seeing that as well yeah yes and this gets into the specificity right because you can train for strength you can train for power you can train for hypertrophy it depends on what you're going for and much like with our energy systems pod I always think there's some crossover where when you train for strength, I think that helps your power. When you train for power, that helps the hypertrophy component. When you train for hypertrophy, it can help both the strength and the power component. So I think that these are all work best concurrently with a good periodization program. So, but, but again, this is all a little daunting. 
daunting probably to somebody who, who doesn't have a lot of experience who's walking into a gym. So let's say from your perspective, Nick, you, you are a new gym goer, you're walking to the gym. How would you think about somebody who's a new gym goer walking to the gym for the first time? Just some ways where you could measure your strength, you know, measure maybe some power, measure some hypertrophy, and then develop a program. It's a very broad question. We'll both kind of give our thoughts on that. But, but what do you think a, a new gym goer or a, a novice gym goer could do to, to help themselves out in all three categories? Yeah, absolutely. So, so the very first thing I would suggest to anyone is, is getting that baseline. So if you're walking into the gym, odds are you've, you're 30 something years old, maybe, you know, you've made it this far in life. You should probably be able to lay on your back, press a bar off your chest, hopefully have at least a little bit of range of motion to maybe do some type of squat. That's probably going to be a back squat. And, you know, I would start, I'd strip down all the cool, sexy, dynamic exercises and stick to like the big, the big three, the bench, the deadlift and the back squat as long as you don't have no injuries, of course, and just get a feel for where you're at today. And I, I think before we jump into, you know, what that, what a hypertrophy, you know, exercise routine looks like, you have to define your goal. So you're walking yes, into that, that yes. gym. And that's you're specificity. Walk- we have right. to get the goal. Exactly. So you're walking into that gym and it's like, I want to bench 315 by 2021. Or is it, I want to be able to bench my body weight 25 times by, you know, July of 2020. What is it? Do you want to look good with your shirt off? Do you want to get really strong? So that would be my first question. And my second would get that baseline. And that third would be, all right, let's design something around your desired goals. And I'm very much with you. I'm going to probably leverage the hypertrophy training that six to 12 reps at various exercises to build up my baseline strength. And, you know, probably what, what that would look like for me is, I would get that baseline of your bench press. Let's just use bench press as an example. If you're going to hit bench two to three times a week, which is probably overtraining, but let's just use that example, right? I would probably do two two of those days. I would do a hypertrophy. So I would do maybe four sets of eight and maybe a three set of 10 for two days. And then I would also on that third day, if I was, if I was, you know, working chest that third day, I would mix in a strength workout, which would be a five by three, five sets at three reps, something like that. So I'm with you. I think it, you can, you can kind of blend it together and, you know, get the desired goals. What about you? Go ahead. Yeah. It all goes back to specificity. So depending on what your goal is, is where, where you're going to derive your program from. So if, I always think that most people's gym goals have to do with aesthetics, whether we want to admit it or not. It's like how we look like people, people generally want to look better. And the old thinking is like, if I train for hypertrophy, my muscles are going to get bigger. I'm going to look better. And there's, that's not necessarily untrue, but, but I know with my own self and I, again, I'm somebody who I can lift weights in an, an absurd amount of weights all the time. And my body changes very, very, very minimally. It's very depressing. However, <laughs> I've noticed that since I've been doing a little bit more strength and power these days over the last four years, I've noticed a lot more changes versus my traditional um, doing more of the hypertrophy training. So I think that, you know, whether your goal is, if your goal is just aesthetics, I think that you can train for all three. But you use the example of I want to get my bench press up, let's train two days hypertrophy, one day strength. You know, I would also, you could do a one, one, and one where you do one day you're doing for hypertrophy. So you do your uh, four sets of 10 repetitions you know, with your one minute rest, another day you're doing power where you're going to say, I'm going to do six reps at 85% of my one rep max. And 
try to do that within, I'd have to look at it. I'd have to, I'd have to probably practice it, but try to do that within an eight second period, you know, or a second, a second per rep or something in that neighborhood. And then a strength where we're just going four sets of one repetition, you know, four rep, four sets of a one rep max or four sets of a 90% of your one rep max. So again, it all comes down to your goals, but man, it's, it's really tough for me. I mean, unless you're doing like serious powerlifting competitions, it's really tough for me to justify focusing on just one rep scheme or rep pattern. I just don't know if that's very functional. What do you think? It's not, I, I don't believe it's functional or practical. I mean, I think everyone wants to get there, right? They, everyone wants to train to their max strength, right? Like you want yes. to see what yes. you can do. And I think that there's a place for it because for one, it gives you that motivation and that drive to do it. But I think this is where you got to strip this thing down. If your goal is to look good with your shirt off or no clothes on, whatever it is, that one rep max isn't really a telltale sign at all. That hypertrophy training is where you want to live if all you want to do is is look good. That, that one rep max isn't incredibly functional. Again, everyone likes to brag about their back squat and there's a place for it. I do think that 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 strength power component is very important for people that are trying to push the envelope of their upper abilities. And but people I, that are heavily involved in athletics, your athletes. Of course, need that. of yeah, course yeah. they need that, especially your, the power. The burst athletes, your, your, your basketball players, your, your boxer, you know, the burst athletes need that. Yeah, exactly. But that everyday person, I mean, I, I think I'd live in the hypertrophy that's six to 12 now, I think something that we need to talk about, or I'd like to touch on two things. One's a caveat to what you said about body changing. So much of this, if you really want your body to change, and we're not going to, this isn't going to turn into a nutritional podcast right now, but your your food has to match whatever you're trying to get your body yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. So like you can do all these training tips that we're giving you. If you're not, you know, in a caloric surplus, you're, you're not, if you're not taking in more calories then you're burning, you're not going to gain muscle for the most part. And if you're not in a caloric deficit, so you're not burning more calories than you're eating, you're not going to lose weight for the most part. So that's an oversimplification, but but it's it's legitimate. And I think that yeah. simplification is very well supported by science. It is. It is. I mean, I think I think everyone says if you're five if you're in a 500 caloric surplus a day, that would be enough to gain you a pound a week. And if you reverse that, if you are in a 500 calorie deficit a day, it's 3,500 calories, that would, that would be enough to lose you one pound of fat a week. So if you do a 500 calorie deficit a day and you do hypertrophy training at the right percentages, at the right intensity, science says that you're going to build muscle and you're going to lose fat. And I think that's where this is our conversation is going to spiral to is what's the most efficient rep scheme if you, you know, if you want to maximize your ability, maybe not as a power lifter, maybe not as a as a one rep strength bench presser, but like the everyday person. Yeah, and um it depends again on the specificity, but I think that a good mix of everything is very important. 
one of the other things too, from a rehab perspective, and you know, sometimes I work with older adults, although my, my main focus is primarily the sports and orthopedic side. I do work with older adults at a pretty uh, decent rate these days. And, and one of the things that happens as we age is we lose our fast twitch muscle fibers. That's why you can't play in the NBA after 38. You know, you lose those, you lose that burst, you lose the power, you lose the strength. So I think that for somebody who's myself, 35, if you're heading in your late 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, and even into your 70s and 80s, I think that the strength and you know, the power component is actually more important than ever. It sounds kind of like a meathead thing to say, and the form has to be very good, and you have to be under the tutelage of a great personal trainer, a great physical therapist that's really going to make sure you could do these lifts safely. However, I think that as you get older, the strength and power component becomes hugely, hugely important because you're going to be you're going to be adapting. Your body is changing those type those fast twitch muscle fibers as you get older, convert to slow twitch muscle fibers. So we're already losing that. So if we just stick to hypertrophy and endurance as we age, we're kind of setting ourselves up for to be you know weaker and slower. So that's where I, I actually bias the strength and power of the older you get. Like I, I love that. I've never th- thought about that. So tell me, so about the muscle fibers, yep. g- give me a little, give me a little one-on-one on that. Yeah. So, so you have three basic types of muscle fibers. I always get these mixed up, but, but you have muscle fibers, which are built for endurance, right? So we talked about the oxidative energy system. So you have muscle fibers that are geared towards that oxygen, oxidative energy system that provide you with tremendous amounts of endurance. Okay. So a marathon runner, marathon runners peak in their late thirties because as that's where you're still kind of, you know, physically pretty sound, but then you also have a conversion of your fast twitch muscle fibers, which provide the ability to dunk a basketball, which provide the ability to power clean 300 pounds. The fast twitch muscle fibers are now converting to slow twitch muscle fibers. So you have a little bit more of that oxygen, uh, oxidative energy store, and then you can go for longer distances. But what you lose is the ability to dunk a basketball, right? That's why you see people in, in the NBA and, and it's just like, like I was watching Dirk last year and I love Dirk Nowitzki, but I mean, he just simply could not move. I mean, the, you know, the, too many of those fibers convert along with other things that have to do with aging it, and you're just, you're kind of just done. So you do lose those, those fast twitch as, as you get older. And also within, within groups and within human beings, there are certain people who are more biased towards having, and there are, there's muscle biopsy studies where actually take the muscle out and measure your fast twitch and your slow twitch muscle fibers. And they compare these within populations and groups, but there is certain people innately that have more fast twitch muscle fibers and certain people. If you know me, you know I'm always on the run, up early and home late. So having a three-hour morning routine isn't really in the cards for me. What is in the cards is AG1. It's a fast way to get vitamins and minerals I need to perform. I first gave AG1 a try because I wanted a single solution that helps support my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps and simplifying my morning routine. Since drinking AG1 daily... I've always felt strong and energized and ready to attack the day. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's one scoop, mixed in water, once a day, and every day. I know that AG1 is giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process so you know that it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrition density. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. 
Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash provengrit. That's drinkag1.com slash provengrit. Check it out. That innately have more slow twitch uh, muscle fibers. If you look at lanky behind, uh, you know, I probably born with a little bit more of the slow twitch muscle fibers. Yourself, Nick, I might guess would be a little bit more fast twitch. So, and you can't well, train these. You can't. My my question was: Can you change what your muscle fibers are if you train a certain way, and can you prolong them? In the, case of, in the case of, you know, that 38-year-old that wants to hold on to having that fast twitch muscle fiber, can you train to have that? You can train to have it as far as the – I think that what happens – and this is – we need like a legit muscle physiologist to, to get the data on this or if somebody wants to DM us on the uh, Strategy of Fitness Instagram, it would be greatly appreciated. My thinking is – and I could be wrong here – is that the muscle fibers do convert from – fast twitch to slow twitch as you age. I think that those muscle fiber numbers are what they are based on aging and, and the normal health and aging process within a human being. However, I think that the fibers that you have left in either side can be trained based on what you do at the gym. Got it. Okay. So you can like, if let's say, you know, this is a gross over, oversimplification, but let's say you have 3000 fast twitch muscle fibers, whatever the hell it is. Those 3000 would be working towards getting that strength and power component if you were to train for strength and power strength and power but if you don't train for them they're gonna those same 3,000 are gonna be less efficient within those constructs okay that might be wrong but i think it's right <laughs> look man i'm not gonna fact check you but uh you know if anyone does come across or have some type of expertise that that, that we're that we're missing please let us know yeah that might tie that might tie into a, a uh, my tie into the book of the week. Keep your eyes peeled. Yeah. Ears peeled. Keep them peeled. All right. So real quick, let's go to the top. Let's go to strength and let's give kind of, uh, we've touched on the rep ranges. I'd like to give some specific examples of things you've leveraged. I've leveraged. And I want to hear yours because people want to get strong like you. They don't want to get strong like me. Give me your rep ranges. Like, yeah, I mean, favorite, uh, like gun to your head. Nick Cressy, I got a gun to your head. You tell me your favorite strength rep range for somebody who needs to work on strength. My strength sucks. I want to get my one rep max up. What do I do? Yeah, it's five by five all day, every day. Okay. What does it's that mean? Five That's sets even, yep. of five reps. At what and percentage of your one rep max? Exactly. So that's going to... At what percentage? Yep, I know. I, I, okay. th- I think you start at something conservative, so you succeed. I'm a big believer, and you have to you have to train yourself to succeed in the gym. So I would probably start, if you're not used to something like that, I'd start at something like 65%, and it might be way easy. But the next week, it's 70%. The next week or the next time, the next training session, it's 75. Eventually, you're going to find a sticking point, but you're going to have two to three weeks of wins. So you're going to be riding a high. You're going to be challenging yourself. You're going to be going in with a positive attitude. And eventually, you're going to get stuck. And that's when you know the actual strength training begins. But it doesn't matter if it's bench, deadlift, cleans, it, uh, curls, whatever. Like five by five at the right percentage is eventually going to be very difficult. And something that you have to consider is your is your rest time. You can't be doing a, f- a set of five 
and then, you know, watching a Netflix episode and then doing another set of five. It's got to be, you know, two minutes max and back on that bench, back under that bar, whatever it is. Five by five to me is the classic strength. All right, good. So five, I like that five by five, you know, a little, maybe a little less rest than, than some of our recommendations, but I like the expertise to go with the two minute rest because I think that does carry over with strength. So definitely good by you. For me, I like my favorite is I like the way you said about success. I like having success at the gym. And I like for me who I suck at heavy weights, success that like that matters a lot. Like I like what you said there, like let's go a little lighter maybe and let's get that success. So that's one of my favorite rep scheme. I like five sets at one repetition, something between 90 to 95% of your one rep max. For me, it's like, okay, I'm still getting heavy weight on the bar. I know it's close to my one rep max, but I do it five times with a two to three, two to three minute rest between your repetitions. And it does give me that confidence. So if I go in the gym and, and my, my max back squat right now is 285 and we're doing five by one at 265 or 270, I just have so much confidence after that day because I like I just did that five times and it wasn't that bad. So the next time I load it up with, let's say I try to do a new one rep max PR and try to go for uh, two ninety five, I'm like, man, that two seventy felt really easy, and I have confidence to get that get that next weight. So I love what you said about confidence there. I think that's huge for for most gym goers. Yeah, I mean, we're all trying to have fun, right? Like we're doing this not to stress ourselves out. This isn't work. So like you have to set yourself up to win. And I love what you're saying about like getting that confidence under the bar, no matter what the exercise is. A lot of it's a mindset before you do the exercise. So building up in that percentage, that 90, 95th percentile and getting singles it, it is definitely a good way to, to build not only muscle memory, but, but confidence in, in between your ears. Yeah. And then do you have anything you like to do for power? I mean, it's kind of a weird construct and I try to break it down as best I could, but is there something you, you, I I have my own thoughts, but was there something you like to do to train for power? Is there a specific rep range or set range you like? Not, not really. I mean, power's still kind of even after we talk about it, it's still difficult for me to differentiate. You know, I, I, I do my power cleans. I do my, you know, what I'll do is I'll do a every 90 seconds for nine rounds yeah. I'll do a variance of reps for, for squat cleans or power cleans yeah. or any, any, or squat snatches or snatches. And what I'll do is I'll do, you know, the first three minutes of that 90 second EMOM, I'll do, you know, three reps, the next three minutes, I'll do two reps and the last three minutes I'll do one rep. And to me, you know, I'll, obviously that weight is, is building, but so is the fatigue on my body. So as you're building in weight, you're decreasing in reps, but you still yeah. have to rely on that on that power mentality of, of speed under the bar, moving quickly, or, or you're going to have a lift. Yeah, and, and I was asking Father Rob about this too, and, and I think he would agree with me here. I think every time you're doing a power clean, every time you're doing a, a power snatch, every time you're doing a squat snatch, every time you're, you're doing these Olympic-type lifts – it's technically a power movement because you have to complete that lift within a certain amount of time or else you're going to fail the lift. So if you're doing power cleans for an EMOM, each block can be thought of as a power movement or a power block. So let's keep it real simple. I think that if people want to really develop power, you know, work on either power cleans or uh, squat snatches or power snatches, something in that Olympic lifting category and that's going to do it for you. Also, you know, in ways that, you know, if we're looking at measured power, like a great measure of power is a broad jump or a vertical jump. You can also do box jumps as, as, a, as force, you know, force production within a certain window of time. So I think box jumps fits into power as well. 
Yep, I agree. Let's touch on hypertrophy slash muscle growth. It's the same thing. I think this is where people are going to live for the most part. So this is that six to 12 reps. This is if you want to look good, you know, if you want aesthetics, aesthetic gains, bigger muscles, you know, it's, it's really the only rep range that not only can build muscle, but also lose fat. So, you know, this is, what do you have to say about this? I have, I have a couple things. Yeah. So the standard, you know, we were breaking down an article, uh, you sent me a pretty solid article that kind of summarized this. We might maybe able to post that on, on the Instagram, but we're looking at the six to 12 rep range, three to five sets at 75 to 85% of the one rep max with a 60 second, you know, one to two minute rest between your sets. So what does that look like? Let's say my one rep max bench is 225. So in the neighborhood of 185, four sets of eight repetitions with a one to two minute rest between our sets. I'm pretty standard with that type of stuff. You can kind of mix and match it any way you like. I, whatever floats your boat. I think that as long as you stay with that six to 12 rep range, that three to five set range, and then that one to two minute rest, you, you should be good with almost any exercise in the gym. And I think that's a great way to start. Like, let's say you're a novice and you don't have any clue about what we're talking about. Just go and do that set and rep range for a bunch of different exercises that work different parts of the body and you'll be pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I do think it's the importance of knowing your baseline and where you are. And that's why I tell every new gym goer, yeah. if you want if you want to be a good runner, go run a mile. If you want to go be a good lifter, go do the three big lifts because you have to know percentages to, yes. to get the most out of the hypertrophy, you know, rep ranges. So you can't go in there and do 12 reps at, you know, 20 percent and expect your little pump <laughs> to do a damn thing for you. You have to find where you are, what is your 100%, and then take that, you know, 60 to 75, sometimes 80% of that and and mess with that rep range. And again, it's 6 to 12. Uh, there's a lot of crazy things you can do between those 6 and 12 reps. I know that me, you, and Rob were talking about German volume training, which we're now calling American volume training. We, we won World War II. <laughs> so hopefully nothing can be called German anything, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But it's a very simple model of, you know, eight reps, eight sets at eight reps at about 60 to 65% of your one rep max. And you have 30 second rest between and it's strict. So I did this this morning. <laughs> I think my, my front squat one rep max right now is around 340. So I did 205. And I did eight sets of eight with a 30 second rest. You know, each, each round took me about 30 seconds to do. So it was about an eight minute workout. And when I got done, I was like, what the hell just happened to me? And you know, I'm in the gym. We call it freedom training. Can we change it to freedom training? Well, you can call it whatever the hell you want. I call it, (laughs) I'm calling it torture, but I mean, the leg pump is real and I have little legs and you know, again, it's, it's a feeling that you're just not used to. And again, it's the reason why hypertrophy training is leveraged by bodybuilders because you can build muscle and you can also lose fat. Cause I was sucking wind. I think my, my uh, heart rate got up to like 175 doing these squats, which is just unheard of. So uh, yeah, look up German volume training. If, if you, if you're interested in trying some of you, you only need to do it a couple times a week, but it's a surefire way to get, whatever muscle, you know, whatever body part that you want targeted to grow and grow quickly. Yeah. Very cool. I've never heard of that, but, uh, something I'll, I'll definitely try it at some point. That sounds, that sounds awful. That sounds awful. So, and, uh, 
when we talk about hypertrophy, so we know the muscle's getting bigger and without boring all the listeners to tears, which I might do anyway, I'm going to get, there, there's two types of hypertrophy that I want to get into. So hypertrophy is a simple definition. We talked about it a little bit in the last pod. Very simply, your muscle gets bigger, okay? I want to talk about why this happens. There's two types of hypertrophy. One is the myofibril hypertrophy. So inside the muscle fibers themselves, you got these little proteins, actinomycin, they create their little heads and they bind to contract the muscle, okay? When you lift weights and do these types of training, these actinomycin proteins increase in number. So there's more of them. The muscle gains size, the muscle gains strength. Is that simple enough? So it's the functional unit, one of the main functional units of your muscle at kind of the smallest level. Okay. You get more of them. You get more of them, your muscle gets bigger. We good? Got it. Sarcoplasmic hypertrophy is the other type, and this is a little different. So what this is, is the cell just filling full of fluid, sarcoplasmic fluid, and the cell increases with really no increase in muscle size. So it's kind of like a cellular puffiness is how I like to think of it. So your muscles increase in size, but you're not necessarily increasing the strength, right? So both of those, you get both of those when you when you train, Okay. So bodybuilders have, you know, it's this long thing of like, can I get more of this? Can I get more of that? And the, the data is really mixed. You can't really isolate one or the other. I think that any type of training you're doing, the hypertrophy training, the strength training, and the power training is probably going to do a little bit of both. But I just want to say that there is different types of hypertrophy out there, and there is different things going on at the cellular level that make your muscles bigger. Got it. But I mean, but for the plain Jane, me and whoever else that's out in the gym, we, what you're saying is you can't compartmentalize those they, they kind of are in unison working yes. together yes lift weights your muscles will get big it happens because you have cells that do stuff all right cool i know we're running <laughs> running a, i mean look. <laughs> everyone everyone just fell asleep in their car sorry <laughs> look i i do want to wrap up with with the endurance piece i think you and i both kind of uh let off by saying it's not bullshit, but it's kind of bullshit. But look, if, if you're that person, like it's good to get a pump. If you're at the uh, Globo gym and you just want to get 30 quick uh, dumbbell uh, or curls at the, at the little, um, what is that? That little cable crossover thing that I haven't used in years. I can't believe myself. You know, th- that's a good way to get a short-term pump with a little bit of weight, but long-term you're really just spinning your wheels. So, um, if you wanna, if you want to get sustainable gains, and you want your muscles to grow, stay away from that 15, 18, 20 rep lightweight. I mean, once once you develop into, look, if you're a bodybuilder, you're going to use that 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 endurance, those endurance pieces, because you can stack enough weight that you're going to be actually changing your body. But for the everyday person, if you think you're going to go into the gym and just start doing sets of 20 at a low weight. You're, you're not doing much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, let's, let's have a plan. Like this is called the strategy of fitness. And, and I've been guilty of this myself of going to the gym and not having a plan. Let's have a little bit of a plan. And I, I, I don't think that the endurance 20 to 30 rep scheme for a lot of our listeners is going to get their desired results and really, really get that pump that they're looking for. One of the other things I want to touch on was the CrossFit model of doing, you know, exercises, you know, for time or as many reps as possible or every minute on the minute. We kind of talked, touched on it a little bit, but I just thought it was interesting because 
I've always, you know, I'm very by the book, you know, I was very formally taught with, you know, exercise science in college and physical therapy school and doing the SCS. It's very formal, formal, formal. And then you go to CrossFit, which creates this whole new model, which completely kind of screws everything up. Don't you think? It really does, dude. You know, I can't. It's like, like, what are we doing? Like, like now, and I've actually had more benefit with hypertrophy doing all this stuff than all the by the book stuff. So I don't know what the hell to think now. Maybe we're all wrong on everything and I should just quit. Dude, I really don't know because you look at the CrossFit athletes and they look like they're pushing the physical aesthetics of a body to the to the literal limit. Like they just are gorgeous looking bodies, boy, women and men. And, you know, I'm sitting there today and I'm actually doing a chipper, which is a whole bunch of reps and a whole bunch of different things. And it's like 50, 40, 30, 20, 10. And I did two rounds of it. And I'm like, I'm going to talk on a podcast today about not doing high reps. I literally just went on a rant about high reps <laughs> and then I was doing them this morning and I was gassed and I got, you know, gotten the, out of the gym and I'm, I, you know, you're pump, you're, you're, you look big. And I'm like, I don't even know what the hell CrossFit's done. Maybe it's hacking. I, I don't know, man. Yeah. I hate the term hacking. Let's get away from that real quick. But, <laughs> but, but the way I look at it, like, it's interesting. I, I think about this and I use this analogy for you, yourself and myself and, and you have these formal, you know, let's, 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 let's be honest. You have these nerds out there that like myself who are like, Oh, well, you got to do this based on the, you know, three reps and, you know, uh, four sets of three reps for 85% of your one rep max. And this all sounds so good, doesn't it? And then you just have some savage that comes along. Who's like, you know what? I'm going to see if I could lift 135 pounds over my head 30 times as quick as possible. And he looks like a Greek God. And you're like, maybe there's another way, right? It's just, it, you know, great. We had all these great guitars in the 70 and Eddie Van Halen releases eruption. It's like, okay, well, what, what do we do now? This guy just kind of fucked up everything, you know? It's yeah. like, and I, I feel like that's kind of what crosses us. It's like, okay, they released all this crazy stuff. And, and now we're kind of in this fitness world feeling like, okay, well, how, how do we put all this information to what we just talked about? It's kind of tough. I, I can't do it. No, but. but I think I think almost with everything, dude, is we kind of teach, and when I say we, I mean the people that we read. Everything's everything's messaged to almost like the least common denominator. Yes, it's, it's like, hey, you know, Gramps on the couch can listen to this or not listen to this, but read what we're reading and say, oh, okay, that's a very simple way for the population to get stronger is to do X. But yes, if you are a you know a, a trained professional athlete, then you can do things that are a little different because you're in the gym six hours a day, and you know we touched on that the very first week how those people aren't like us. So we have to kind of simplify it, and how can we get the most out yeah, of a forty-five minute workout yep. safely? And yeah. that's where you know hopefully that's- you've learned a little bit something today. And I should I should give CrossFit a little bit more credit, especially uh, the. The uh, gentleman, Dave Lorenzo, a good friend of mine who does our programming at our gym, yeah, he really does very closely look at the periodization with the weightlifting component. So I should say most CrossFit gyms do that too, where you, you, you have the strength component at the beginning of the workout where they are looking at your percentage of your one rep max. They're consistently measuring your one rep max, and they are tapping into these scientific details that we talked about. So let me let me just throw out there. But then we get to the, the metabolic conditioning, the conditioning component of CrossFit. That's where everything goes askew. So I, I did want to throw that in there. Yeah, I think that's that's a good clarification. So in summary, our take is if you're going to work on strength, stick to something like a 5x5, five five, a 5-3-1, five, 
or something, you know, singles or doubles at a high percentage of, of your one rep max at whatever exercise you're looking to, to benefit up from. If you want to build muscle, if you want to lose a little bit of fat, whatever that is, it's going to be high intensity hypertrophy training. It's going to be short rest, higher reps. Percentage is key. Cannot stress that enough. Power, we touched on that. That's going to be for more of your, your power lifts, your power cleans, your squat cleans, your, your power and squat snatches, uh, maybe even your deadlift to some extent. And then finally, endurance. There's a place for it if you, if you can kind of you know, fit it in. But, but from our opinion, it, it doesn't really doesn't move the needle like, like I think people think it does. I think that we summarize that quite nicely. Uh, so I think we're ready for our next component, our next uh, next part of the uh, podcast. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. All right, this is a fun one. I I, I really want to touch on this because I, I could go on for days on this subject, but I wanted to give, and I wanted Nick, I wanted you to give. So I'll let you start first. We're going to give each two of our biggest gym pet peeves of all time ever. So Nick, number one, biggest all gym right. pet peeves of all time ever. The first one is, look, again, I work out from my house, so I don't have to deal with this much anymore. Is this Paw Patrol? Is this a, we're going back to Paw Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> no, I still have to deal with that daily. But, dude, the guy that comes in the gym with real no intention, I used to work out at a gym and a guy would bring a magazine and he'd sit on a bench. Look, if you're that guy or girl and you're there just to you know tell your husband or wife that you went to the gym or whatever the hell it is. If, if it's social hour, go to the bar and drink some beers. Do not come to the damn gym because people are there for a reason. And <laughs> I, I, me especially, there's nothing that lights me up more than, you know, waiting for a machine for some jerk off that's talking about, you know, his kid's t-ball game. I don't care. No one does. Get in, get out. <laughs> uh, you hit a chord, bro. I, I, I struck something. That's that for sure. <laughs> Wow, I guess I follow that up. Uh, mine is cur- uh, curls in the squat rack, and this can go to other things. But if you're if you're in the squat rack, please make sure you're doing squats. Don't do curls in the squat rack. There's so many different options. You have uh, dumbbell curls. You could use a kettlebell for curls. It's kind of weird, but you could use the, the every gym has like the straight bars that go have every weight. Just grab one of the yeah. straight bars. You could have the preacher curl. There's so many ways and so many variations of curls. You do not need the squat rack, especially some gyms that you go to commercial gyms where there's two squat racks available and there's some serious um, lifters in there, you're really going to upset people if, if you steal their squat racks. You, you, that's a great way to not make friends in the gym. So, so don't do curls in the squat rack. What about pull-ups in the squat rack? Does that piss you off? Depends on the pull-up bar availability situation. Cause I've, I've been at, you know, I, I'm thinking of the gym that I was at before my current gym and the pull-up pull-ups uh, pull-up bar situation was not great. And some people like the straight bar. And at times the only pull-up bar available is in, in, in the squat rack. So, Hey, I'm like we said, pull-ups is in my top five exercises of all time. One of the greatest exercises ever. So if you have to do pull-ups in the squat rack and that's the only thing available, God bless you. All right. So it's a curl bias more than anything. I got it. Yeah. But I just, anything where you can do it in another place and then you're taking up the one place I can do my one thing. You know what I mean? It's a really good point. Like, like that's the only place where I could do squats. You could do the bicep stuff anywhere else. You could do, let's say, uh, tricep stuff or whatever you're going to do that's not squats. Go do it somewhere else. Yep. I got it. My second one, uh, again, could go on a little rant here. I'll try not to. But 
the person that doesn't clean up after themselves, even when I was in the military in a nice, like private badass gym, I'd walk in and there'd be just a mess, jump ropes on the ground, chalk all over the place, benches not, you know, replaced where they're supposed to be, the 45s strung out all over the place. It's like, look, Hercules, I get it. (laughs) You had a nice workout. You're a little sweaty, you know, just put your phone down, put the stuff away, be considerate. And, you know, you know, get out of there. Like it, it's, it's just have a little consideration for, for the people coming behind you. Uh, I'm sure it's even worse at a public gym, but uh, very frustrating. Yeah. I mean, I, I like throwing chalk on the floor. That's pretty awesome. I like, no, I don't mind the throwing chalk yeah, on the floor, yeah, yeah. but like clean up after yourself. And I am yeah. the guy that'll call you out. I'll go into the damn locker room and be like, Hey, dude, you going to go pick up your 45s? Oh, your, yeah. little, your little <laughs> bullshit 315 deadlift. Cute. Go get it. You know? <laughs> Nick, you are, you are unequivocally that guy that would call somebody out on that. I think that your your deletion of your Facebook account is is definitely proof of that. <laughs> yeah, my last gym pet peeve is is and this is again, I'm not like this is not at my current gym, so no current gym people have to worry about this. But at gyms I've been before, you know, your, your typical commercial gyms is the excessive locker room nudity. And especially <laughs> when I was, you know, as a physical therapist working within a health complex, you know, I see my patients nude all the time. It's like, there's a very finite or very short amount of time with which you need to be nude, right? The, the showers are all individualized stalls. So you dry off in the nude and then you take your towel off and then you put your underwear on like that second from where you take your towel off to put your underwear on is really the only time you need to be nude. Now people have extended this for like, I'm going to shave in the nude. <sighs> I'm going to do my hair in the nude. I'm going to look at myself in the nude and they just walk around just, and it's like, dude, I, I'm very comfortable with that stuff. I was in a frat. We did the group showers together. I'm fine with it, but just, just be considerate. We don't need to see that, man. And especially, you know, I think you hit a certain age and you're just like, I'm letting it fly. Like, let's do it. I'm just going <laughs> to let this fly. And it's, it's so I, unnecessary, man. It's, it's so unnecessary. It's, 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 it's egregious. So let's cover it up, boys. Yeah. Jesus Christ. All right. Well, I, I mean, I, <laughs> Look, if those four things don't piss you off about the gym, maybe find the gym's new, just find, not. Yeah, find a new podcast. Gym's not for you. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like uh, calling our, our listeners slobs and telling them to find a new podcast. It's a uh, great, great no, it's way. working out. It's going to work out well for us. Yeah, exactly. This is it only week four. Imagine when we're you know 30 or 40 into it. Good Lord. Oh, my God. We have seven listeners. That, that poor guy in New Zealand's going to love us. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's going to be getting called out weekly. Our last listener. <laughs> I love that guy more than anyone. Dude, that guy in New Zealand who shot us out, the man. We love the Kiwis. We love New Zealand. Uh, rugby. Who, All Blacks, fight? baby. Let's All go. Blacks, rugby. Great. Love the Kiwis. All right. Hit gym hitters of the week. All right. Gym hitters of the week. So let me uh, let me lead off with, with a classic. It's uh, It came on today, actually. Renegade by Jay-Z and Eminem. It's, oh, yeah. It's one of the greatest songs ever. Ever, ever, ever. So it's a 9-6 for me. I probably will never give another song a higher ranking, uh, unless I already have. But absolutely perfect, just the way they go back and forth. The best. Uh, that that song, if, if, if we get any criticism on that song, I'm going to have to fold. Yeah, we're just going to have to shut the bitch down. We're going to shut it down. <laughs> yeah, that's one for me, man. What do you got? Um, one of my favorite rap ensembles, I guess, is Bone Thugs and Harmony. Oh, I think yeah. Bone Thugs is so so criminally underrated in the pantheon of hip hop. Cause I'm a huge, 
huge sucker for speed. Eddie Van Halen is my favorite guitarist. Bone Thugs is some of my favorite rappers. I just think it's hard hard to do things really fast. Maybe it's because I talk fast that I just have an affinity for these guys. But Bone Thugs and Harmony, the song Eternal. Bone Thugs and Harmony, Eternal. It is a phenomenal song. I will give it a solid 8.2 on the on the Jim Hitter playlist. Yeah. I don't think I've heard it, and I like Bone Thugs, so I'll definitely uh, I'll, I'll be interested in, in checking that out. And also, I'm gonna I'm gonna launch this on Apple Music for for people that yeah that, yeah yeah do it yeah because you're an I, Apple person. I'm a Spotify. Yeah, so, I haven't yeah. done that yet. I've been listening to this on Spotify, but that's it's just simply for the love of the game. My number two, I had to get some J Cole in here. I was listening to J Cole Essentials today, and G O M D. Not gonna say what that stands for, but you'll you'll know when you hear the song. It's a great hype song. I, I, I like it. Uh, I, I like J. Cole as a whole. I just think he's smooth. I think he's one of the best young rappers out there, uh, although I guess he's not that young anymore. But, uh, you know, I give it a 7-7. Seven, seven. Again, it's it's an acronym, but G-O-M-D. Very good. Yeah, I like J. Cole. I think he's uh, he's pretty solid. Not, not my cup of tea totally, but, I mean, you can't deny he's an amazing talent. My next one, and this is somebody that passed away recently, and I – uh, you know, this it's it's really tough because you heard it about his impact with different people, and, and it just seems like a really beautiful guy that I, I didn't know anything about, unfortunately, until he passed away. But I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Nipsey Hussle. And oh Victor, my God, so true! Victory Lap. Like I, I've never like I was blown away by it when I started listening to him because people were talking about him. He left this great impact. He did so many good things, and I just never heard of him. So I threw on his album, and the first song that came on was Victory Lap. This kind of blew me away. So Nipsey Hustle Victory Lap, solid 8.0. Again, it probably not going to be up there with your Bone Thugs, your Tupacs of the world, but but a very good song and, and a really good artist that passed away far too soon. And also, he was married to Turtle's girlfriend from Entourage, who was also beautiful. So shout out to her, too. Yeah, I hope this finds her. Yeah, he's incredible. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the same way. Uh, I, I had never heard of him. And then next thing you know, I listened to his album and it was like, wow, this is incredible. All right. And my last one, uh, Machine Gun Kelly, Alpha Omega. That The whole general admission album is, is really good, I think. But Alpha Omega, good high energy song, uh, kind of hard. Good for a, for a lifting, good for a hypertrophy day. Uh, you know, I, I'll throw it in there. It's not a classic, but it's it's a it's a solid seven six. Awesome. Yeah, we had Machine Gun Kelly, I think, once before too, and I think he might be creeping up into to one of our favorites in the uh, the Jim Hitter section. So that's good. Yeah, um, exactly. Next one, I'm going full on. My wife Leah it loves her emo, and she turned me on to a bunch of these bands. But saves the day. Oh yes. From their 99 album, the song Third Engine always gets me revved up. Pardon the pun there, but third engine by Saves the Day, <laughs> <laughs> solid seven six. Just a really good running song. It, probably fine during during any of your Metcon workouts or during your lifting, but but definitely for cardio. If you're on like a long run, that song and the fact it's about an engine or has engine in the title, I feel like those songs always translate well to running. Uh, maybe maybe I'm a dumbass. I don't know, but if I hear like engine or some sort of like Panama by Van Halen or something with an engine in it, always oh, good for running. So. That's my third song. So the Jim Hitter section, that does it. That's does awesome. It and yeah, I mean, you're in Jersey and Leah is from Jersey. So, you know, of course she's she's in that punk scene, that emo scene. Absolutely. Uh, you, ha- you have to be. That's unbelievable. Right in a real house. And she's like your age too. So, you know, that that's like the scene. I love all that stuff. It's yeah. great. And, and I'm going to finish off with a, a couple things. Book of the Week. This book, I think, is absolutely essential reading for all our listeners. If you haven't read it yet, 
Nick, I know you don't like to read books, but I'm making you read this. <laughs> I listen to him audible, bro. Yeah, I listen to him too. I mean, that counts as reading. I actually read this one in a physical book form, but The Sports Gene by David Epstein. I don't shut up about this book because it is easily the best book within this within this spectrum that we're talking about. And he gets into a very interesting discussion on what types of cultures or what types of people are able to excel at different sports based on certain genetic factors and certain cultural factors. And I think that the book is less a book about sports and, and who's good at what and more of a book about humanity and what types of things produce what types of athletes. And I think it teaches you a little bit about yourself too, because everyone has a different ethnic background, whether you come from different parts of Africa, or if you come from different parts of the Caribbean, or if you come from different countries in Asia, or if you come from, you know, like us, uh, more European descent, you're going to have different advantages in different sections based on kind of where you come from and what your background is and then also how you grew up. So it's this kind of nature, nurture, how we're developed, how we're brought up and how that plays into what type of athlete we become. And it uses the thing I love about this book that's so great is he does a phenomenal job of not only taking great studies and great educational research, but mixing it with great anecdotes and talking about Albert Pujols or talking about this high jumper or talking about you know, the best Canyon marathon runner in the world. So he does a great job of kind of blending it all together. And I think he was a collegiate runner himself. So much like the strategy of fitness, he walks like talks that he's a badass runner and um, wrote a great book. And he's, his new book range is supposed to be phenomenal too. So I'm sure we'll get that out there soon in the uh, book of the week. Awesome. So the sports gene and, and I will, uh, I will get that on audible. I got endure. Uh, Rob's Rob's suggestion last week on Audible, and I haven't started it yet, but very cool, very cool. Yeah, and then uh, shout out to Big Mouth too. That starts tonight, so that's what I'll be doing after this. Yeah, the show on Netflix. <laughs> Big Mouth season three, epic. Perfect. Well, Nick. your kids will love it, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely watching the kids. <laughs> yeah, well, this has been great, Dan. Uh, next week, I think we're going to do another another uh, circle back on some of the energy systems. Rob will be back. Uh, how about you take us away here, man? Finish it off. Yeah, it was great having everyone. Great talking with you, Nick. I think we covered a lot of ground today. Again, th- thanks to Liquid Studios for the intro song, Dan Tabbitt. You can follow him on Instagram. Our Instagram, The Strategy of Fitness. Please follow us. Probably will follow back unless like we're, we want to fix our ratio of like follows to followers. Because <laughs> then we won't follow back, but we'll, we'll think about it. We'll think about it. But uh, definitely, definitely like just shout us out. And if you're famous and you're listening to this, shout us out. Hell yeah. Hey, man. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. Hope yeah. everyone enjoyed the app. Absolutely. Catch you later. Bye. Later.